We're recording. Okay. Are we? Uh, what did you say? Baby, we're hot. Hot, we're hot, baby. We're hot, baby. Ooh. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Palasic. We're married, and we have a lot of DVDs. The current count is one thousand three hundred and thirteen, which is too many. So every week, we'll randomly pick two movies from our collection, watch them, talk about them, and when it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Hello, everybody. Hello. How's Hello. it going? How's it going? You asking me, or is that to everybody? Uh, everyone, which includes you. How are you, dear? <laughs> Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. We're de- it's de- it's like day two million of quarantine. Of quarantine, so, and we're starting a podcast. Yeah. So we we know how each other are doing. It's true. I we would, really we really do. I would say intimately. And yeah. Thoroughly. Thoroughly. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so if you listen to our intro episode, then you know that today we're talking about number seven fifty three, Looper, and number two thirteen, Brigadoon. Very. Very different films. Very different. <laughs> very weird. Why do we have these on DVD? <laughs> or I think Looper's technically a DVD Blu-ray combo pack. Okay. That's, yeah, probably. Important distinction. Really critical. Absolutely critical. Great. Um, you know, what I remember about Looper is uh, the first time we saw it, did we see it in theaters? No, because we had we just had a, a baby. Yes, exactly. So we didn't see it. So it was 2012. It. So we hadn't seen it. We were very excited to see it. And... Um, Somebody got a screener for it, and we uh, went to my brother's house to watch it, and it was on a projection, and, like, there was some trouble getting it to play, but then, like, like, I just remember you were really stressed about getting it to play. Because I wanted to see it so bad, and then it was, like, a tech, it was a whole technical nightmare. And, and then, But it wasn't. It was totally fine. It and wound up we, great. Like, yeah, and then we watched it, and I was like, oh, this movie's so good. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't actually recall purchasing it, but I'm sure it was just like, oh yeah, this is great. Yeah, exactly. It was one of those where it was like after, once it came out and we were like, oh, we want to see it like on Blu-ray or whatever it was. And this is definitely a movie we'll watch again and all that stuff. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah. And then with Brigadoon. Brigadoon. Yeah. Why do we have that on DVD? Um, <laughs> I thought at first I was like, oh, cause Liza's a musical theater person, very into musicals. Sure. Love them. Sure, that's me. I also love musicals. I have, I have a degree in it. I love it so much. Holy shit. Um, I also really love musicals, but the reason we have it is because it was a like, kind of a gag gift from our friend Matt, who I worked with on a TV show a while back, and I'm a, I'm a comedy writer, and we were writing jokes uh, for a late night monologue, and... One of the jokes, I don't remember exactly what the joke was, but it was something about STDs being passed around at a cast party. Oh, okay. At a, like, uh, like a high school cast party. Uh-huh. And I wrote the joke as the Brigadoon cast party. <laughs> and then we were in a rewrite situation, and someone along the way had rewritten it as, like, Rent or cats or South Pacific or something like that. Uh huh. And I, like, g- apparently <laughs> got very heated in the room. Not in, like, an aggressive way, but in a, like, oh, wow. It, it needed to be brief. He's really standing up for this joke kind of way. <laughs> 
where I was like, no, I think Brigadoon is actually uh, really funny. Is actually like a way funnier reference than like uh, Jesus Christ Superstar or whatever. Like <laughs> in a way that was apparently very funny to those in the room. Mm-hmm. That I was really into Brigadoon. So Matt, for my birthday one year, got me Brigadoon on DVD. And also, and a poster that's a hanging in our office. Beautiful, yeah. Like poster from Brigadoon's original run yeah. in New York. Like this beautiful thing for this show that I had never seen. Yeah. Until last night, Oof. Oh when boy. we watched the movie. Oh boy. Um, in that way, our DVD copy of Brigadoon has like a sentimental value that our DVD copy of Looper does not. Maybe does not. Let's start. Let's start. We'll talk about Looper first because okay, we watched yeah. that first. That yes. was our first pick. Um, so Luber, uh, from 2012 and the, um, the IMDb summary of this movie is in 2074, when the mob wants to get rid of someone, the target is sent into the past where a hired gun awaits someone like Joe, who one day learns the mob wants to close the loop by sending back Joe's future self for assassination. I mean, that's an insane description for it's a movie. It's an insane description for a movie. And that's also the first 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, they, they cover that ground very quickly. Yeah. And then you're like, wait. And then there's a whole other two hours of just, there's this whole thing with this Rainmaker character. Who's yeah. Who's like a future mob boss who's going to kill a bunch of people. And they have to, like, you know, it's like the whole killing baby Hitler thing and, like. Right. All that stuff. Anyway, it's a uh, solid movie. Also, solid I movie. really like how uh, you they get they get them they, like it's kind of set up as like oh he's gonna meet his future self they're gonna have some witty repartee mm-hmm. and that happens but like they also are complicated characters and like you're not necessarily rooting for either like, one either of them. one of them and like the the one of them kills several innocent children yeah like in a Ooh. way and it's like oh it's like it's I mean not... he has a really hard time with it <laughs> yeah he does like stand by a uh, a column at one point and look sad about it's it it's true he looks really after he shoots really a child sad. in the head I don't know that I had seen Looper since we probably since we purchased it like we probably purchased it and then we watched it. But it's been it's been years yeah. since I've seen Looper, yeah. and so there it was it was actually kind of fun to watch it again because I forgot a lot of what happens. Yeah. Like I knew kind of I had like a general idea of the plot, but yeah. like uh, uh, you know couldn't really remember. Oh, by the way, everyone, obviously this is not a spoiler free podcast. <laughs> if you're listening to this and it's about a movie and you really don't want anything spoiled, then maybe you skip that episode or something. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so, so that was really fun to watch it. Um, and, and kind of have a vague idea of what was going to happen, but also sort of feeling very goldfishy about it and not really remembering what all the little twists and turns were. Right. 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 Um, I was very excited when uh, two and a half minutes in, uh, they named the title of the movie. They said, <laughs> they said Looper. I'm always very excited. And yeah. that's the title of the movie. Well, I have good news. They say Brigadoon a lot in Brigadoon. They really do. And I forgot to look this up. Did you look this up? Whether, uh, so it's it stars, okay, directed by Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson stars uh, notably uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt and Bruce Willis. Emily Blunt. Uh, Emily Blunt, yes. Um, Piper Parabo is in it. Piper Parabo, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Great performance. We've got some. We've got like a pretty killer cast here. Yeah. Um, but uh, JGL, ha- they 
have either done prosthetics or CGI to make him... So he plays a younger version of Bruce Willis, and they've done something to his face to make him look like Bruce Willis. Now, you said... What was it you said? You you were like, it looks different, but it doesn't look like Bruce Willis to you. To me, it doesn't look like Bruce Willis, Mm -hmm. but it looks... Doesn't look like... It looks like they've done something, and I don't mean that it's not... It's poorly done, because I can't tell if it's makeup or CGI. Right. I assume there's a CGI element to it. But I don't, I'm not like watching CGI the whole time. I definitely get lost in, I'm not like, it's not like one of those where you're watching the. Like it's not the, like a de-aging thing. Where yeah, it's, like it's not really the Irishman, exactly. <laughs> or Gemini Man or something yeah, like, yeah. Which, both of which I've, I've watched a lot. And, <laughs> and, uh, and in the Irishman, which, you know, I love in its way, you're just, whenever he's on screen, whenever Robert De Niro's on screen and he's like supposed to be like 30 or something <laughs> he look it looks insane he's right. like a You're 75 con- year old man right you were saying it's like it doesn't matter how good the kind of cgi on his face is he still moves like a 70 yeah, year old man exactly. so it just doesn't work yeah right. um, um but this was a I, th- I think this was a way better like they, i'm glad they didn't de-age bruce willis for half yeah. the movie or oh something yeah 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 um and so yeah, it looks really good, whatever it is. And I, I, I think you're right. I don't necessarily think it's like, oh, he really, he looks like Bruce Willis so much as it's like, I can see where they went. Oh, this is the shape of Bruce Willis's nose. And this is the shape of his eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, JGL has brown eyes and Bruce Willis has like blue eyes. So they like, you know what I mean? They're, yeah. the, all the little details are there. So I feel yeah, like yeah. it works really well. Yeah. Um, especially because you don't, you know, like a younger version of yourself, you don't look, it's not like a direct correlation. Like, am I making sense? Yeah, like you look a little so. different. So yeah, I yeah. think it, it works really well, the two of them. Um, yeah. And I was just, I should, probably should have looked up. <laughs> but it's okay. We're not. Mm. <laughs> oh, I have a note here that, that made me laugh. The vocal fry on Abe, though. That's what it says. The vocal fry on Abe, Abe, though. The... Jeff Daniels. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, it's like, maybe it's just me, but, like, too much vocal fry, like, hurt. Like, I'm just like, oh, you're you're hurting your vocal. That hurts. That hurts. <laughs> it's because you're Stop coming it. from a place of musical theater training. I mean, like... maybe, but, I, you know, that sounds really gross and pretentious, so I don't want to say that. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh but yeah, he's just like the vocal fry yeah. is like really, really hard there for Jeff Daniels in this movie. Uh <laughs> I love I like love this movie. I think it's great. I think um it's weird. It's like the plot of it is insane and mm-hmm. not just cuz it's like not in the uh, vocal <laughs> the plot of it is insane and not just in the way that it's about time travel time traveling assassins and whatever it's structured so strangely yeah. like for a big budget action movie it's just a it has a lot of personality to it i think like i think ryan johnson like we, you know we're, we're big fans big fans big fans big fans but it's like it was really fun to watch and it's just such a weird big movie with like that is like on it um uh, that if you if you explained the plot to someone, they would be like, "That sounds insane and and weird," but you're watching it and you're just going along with it, and it's yeah. like really fun. And that's yeah, yeah. There's even this. There's even a scene where like basically it's 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 the scene that's built to be like, uh, "Here's how time travel works," 
And the conclusion in the scene is like, it doesn't matter how time travel works. And like, it's kind of passed off as this like, I don't have time for this bullshit. I'm not going to explain to you how time travel works. But I kind of think that's great because like, you know, it it allows you when you're viewing it to be like, okay, I'm not going to try and figure this out. I'm just going to watch the movie. I feel like that's a trope or something now that maybe this was the first time I've seen it. But yeah. But, or I saw it, but, like, I feel like that's a thing that all time travel stuff does now is go, like, well, don't don't get too hung up on the details because it'll drive you crazy. Right. And it's, like, I think that's smart. I think it's, like, exactly, like, I see what they're doing there, and mm-hmm. I think it's really smart, and I think that um, this might have been the first one to do that. Yeah. Know? So, I mean, it's the first one I can think of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Oh, another note I have here is that Emily Blunt's accent is fucking <laughs> flawless. It truly is. I mean, like, I love I love her so much. She's so good. <laughs> she's so good in, like, everything. I have not... Even movies that I don't particularly like that she's in, I'm like, but you're doing great. Sweetie. Yeah. Like, I just... I obviously love her very much. But her, her accent is flawless. I think her performance is incredible in yeah, this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's so... It's just, so she plays kind of like a former, it's not like a junkie, but she like has a kid and um, drops it's the like kid off. a rough off. history. Yeah, yeah. And has a kid too young and drops the kid off with the sister and then the sister uh, is killed. So she has to come back and like take care of her son and uh, it's just, but she's just, she's so good at it. She's so good. Yeah. Well, and it just, <laughs> it, the movie like switches gears halfway through mm-hmm. to be about the Emily Blunt farm kind of setting and stuff in a way that it has not been for the first 45 minutes or so. Yeah. And I think, again, it's just like a very, it's like one of those things, again, where you've explained it. Another thing that falls into that category for me is the fact that like, so it's a time traveling assassin movie, Mm -hmm. essentially time cop. (laughs) I've never seen time cop. Oh man, you're missing out. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's like time, you know, time criminal. I guess whatever, mm-hmm. but um, but it also has this element of like some people are telekinetic mutants, which is in I feel like this is like a very Ryan Johnson thing where like in a normal movie that would bother me, mm-hmm. it, or in less skilled hands that would bother me or something like that. Yeah, like you know you see Brick the pitch for Brick is like a film noir in a high school and it's like. Oof, that does not sound good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it sounds like something I would not be interested in and then the movie's great. And you know, and I feel like the same way about um about like this one too where it's like if you just explained like so it's time traveling assassins and there's this there's also some of them are telekinetic mutants and <laughs> then there's this like farm plot line and stuff it would be like wait, this sounds confusing and weird. Yeah. But the movie does such a good job of carrying you along. We're talking about this movie. It's like an action, time heist, crazy, what have you. But then there's also, there's two moments where, as a mother, gross. Um, I was like, oh, God, that really, like, hits. One is, like, so the, the son, Emily Blunt's character's son, is the Rainmaker. And essentially, Bruce Willis's character is coming back to kill him as a child so that in the future he doesn't become this person who kills his wife. 
Ooh, anyway, I hope that made some sort of sense. But the point is this kid has like a mutant telekinetic power that's insane and he can kill people with it when he gets upset. So there's this moment where she's trying to teach him some like math, like times tables or something, and he gets mad and starts throwing a tantrum and she backs out of the room and runs into essentially a bomb shelter and it's like, girl, I feel you. (laughs) I felt that when it's like temper yeah. tantrum and you just want to like run away yeah. and not it's deal with world it destroying yeah yeah and then uh there's another scene where the son like cry- cries like and he's like he's like ha- he's in the middle of this temper tantrum yeah. and she's she's been trying to teach him to control it so that he doesn't kill people <laughs> he's in the middle of his temper tantrum and everything just kind of slows down and she says it's okay baby it's okay and he like calms down and he's crying and i'm about to cry right now but it's just like so sweet yeah because <laughs> it's it speaks really to like what it is with kids they they, they don't they're so angry and they don't know why yeah and they don't know how to control it or right. fix it and they, and, and they're causing havoc and stuff but they don't they don't want to yeah go. <laughs> oh god hey it's okay it's okay this is our first episode i know great um, um anyway the point is this movie is like surprising the performances are really good um you know like jgl and bruce willis and jeff daniels are all great and fine and doing their jobs and emily blunt is kicking ass the kid who plays the kid, kid is, is like so good yeah um garrett dillahunt plays the one assassin who comes in uh you know he like he, it's the, when all the furniture rises oh yeah he's great he's, um yeah yeah like it's, it's like we we rewatch we were like excited to rewatch looper we yeah were like yeah great looper and yeah. then we watched it and we were satisfied I yeah would say. moving on moving on <laughs> to, to our number 213 brigadoon from 1954 Directed by Vincenti Minnelli, who is uh, was Judy Garland's husband and Liza Minnelli's father. You know what is very dumb? I was like, I I saw that name and I was like, oh, they like related to Liza Minnelli, ha ha ha. Like in my head, I didn't say that <laughs> loud, say obviously. And then like making the joke of like, oh yeah, all Minnellis are related, but I guess. I think he directed her in like <laughs> Meet Me in St. Louis and stuff. Oh. Judy Garland, not Liza yeah. Minnelli, and then yeah, yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Um, so the IMDb summary of yes. Brigadoon is two Americans on a hunting trip in Scotland become lost. They encounter a small village, not on the map, called Brigadoon, in which people harbor a mysterious secret and behave as if they were still living 200 years in the past. Um, that summary is giving it way more credit. <laughs> so these are two like kind of time travel movies. I didn't put that together until oh, yeah. just now. Look at that. Too insanely complicated for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. Now, Brigadoon. Okay. So I studied theater in college. I uh, pursued a career in musical theater. Uh, I like musical theater. I know a lot about musical theater. And I had never seen Brigadoon, which is very funny. One, because we own this DVD. And two, because in college, I worked on this show. Like, mm-hmm. as a theater major, you have to, at the school that I went to anyway, you have to kind of put in your dues 
Um, no matter what you're studying, you have to do everything. So people who want to do lighting and scene design still have to take acting classes and actors and singers still have to do, um, you know, kind of tech uh, classes and stuff. And for one of my classes, I had to work this show and I don't remember anything about the show except for there's a bridge in it. Right. And the bridge that our school had was like on hydraulics and it was like super fancy, but it never worked properly. So, which was like, people was like, Oh, the theater is haunted, whatever. But so the entire time we called the show bridge of doom. <laughs> um, Lots of fun. And I know, we just like, I mean, we were really <laughs> so cool. Crazy Again, in college. we're so cool in college. Um, and the other thing that I, the other two things I remember is that I had to do um, a light hang, which is when you go in and you hang all of the lights for the show. And they put me up. I had to go up into the catwalk and go out onto that little thing, like a little platform over the middle of the audience and reach out and like hang a light. And I was like terrified. Yeah. And I was like, what am I doing here? Um, and then three, uh, I had a huge crush on one of the guys in the class, so I was like, obviously not what? focused on anything else. But I could not, for the life of you, tell you what, for the life of me, tell you what his name was. So I have a very vague recollection of like giddy, kind of laughing, and, and yeah. I, but I, I don't remember who it was, or even, or. Well, uh, I hope it was worth it. <laughs> Clearly Jesus not. Christ, secrets not. coming out on the cast. Oh boy. <laughs> um. My... Um. Okay. Oh, no, I was just going to say my first note while watching uh, the movie was the subtitles look gross. <laughs> That's a point against the DVD and not the filmmaking. So, I mean, I mean it's a DVD podcast. Right. Um, yeah, I was like, I had never seen this movie. I did not know much about it. I like a lot of movie musicals. I like Singing in the Rain, which mm-hmm. also, also stars Gene Kelly. Like, yeah. Like, um, uh, this was... Uh, terrible (laughs) it was not good i would say the music is not good um uh the the dancing is beautiful yeah the dancing's great like Like, like yeah gene kelly the the tap numbers even that number random ass tap number in the the middle of the scottish town yeah exactly um even like the spectacle of that wedding at the end Mm -hmm. is really good yeah the dancing is beautiful but it doesn't make sense right and it feels like there's no stakes or yeah. like internal logic to what's going on <laughs> or it, it doesn't feel interesting enough. Yeah. It just feels like the entire time I was like watching it, I was like, this is what people who say they hate musical theater. This is everything they hate about musical theater. It's the, the people who are like, Oh, why are they singing? I hate that they're singing. And it's like, you know, there are reasons, but in, Brigadoon, it does, they're, I don't know why they're singing. They're just, like, yeah. singing songs. Um, yeah. A, a stage version of this might... I mean, like, you know, there's there's ways to do it. We saw, like, Oklahoma restaged on Broadway back mm-hmm. when Broadway was a thing. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I can see taking this and doing interesting things with it. The Maybe, movie version but... of this is very, like... they. The thing I kept saying while we were watching it is that it's just all in uncut wide shots. Yeah. <laughs> like so much of it is just plop the camera down and let it go mm-hmm. as it, because it's a musical. Yeah. So it's, it's like the, uh, Minnelli is like 
well, it's a musical, so I'll just let it play out on stage how it would in a theater, kind of. And you have entire scenes where, like, you never cut into reaction shots. Mm -hmm. You never... There's people who are, like, not in the conversation who you end up watching, Mm -hmm. who are, like, killing, like, Van Johnson on the side, like, killing time. Yeah. Until his lines start again. Yeah. And it's just very uh, weird. And I read that the director... He, like, wanted to shoot this on location, Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't give him the money to do it. So, like, he didn't even really like this movie, and maybe he just kind of tossed it off. Oh, maybe. um, And didn't, like, direct the hell out of it for that reason. Yeah. But it feels like they had not yet discovered the, like, cinematic art of editing Mm -hmm. when they made this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it just, and it, it, yeah, like, the... I made a note about the costumes, too, because I was like, I mean, first of all, you know, it opens, like, when we first see Gene Kelly and, who's the other guy? Van Johnson. Van Johnson. It's like, ah, yes, two weary hunters in business casual. Yeah. Like, what is happening? Um, and then, like, the the what the, the people of uh, Brigadoon are wearing feels kind of all over the place to mm-hmm. me, and I... I mean, I guess, like, there are kilts, but then some of them are just plaid pants, and then the women are all in these kind of, like, peasant dresses, but the peasant dresses feel very, um, what at the time would have been modern. Sure. So, like, it doesn't... Sid Therese had a nice yellow scarf, though. That was really... She it was, was weird. It was, too, it was <laughs> weird. It. it was weird. I said this to you in the middle of the movie, is that I've never been more aware of just a bunch of people sitting in Burbank. <laughs> like, they're supposed to be in, like, the Scottish Moors 200 years ago, or in the present, but feels like 200 years ago. Yeah. Um, and it just felt like we're all sitting on a soundstage, mm-hmm. like, performing along to a track, kind of. I did write down this note that says, Gene Kelly's voice, Yum. Wow. So, okay. Don't know who I turned into. I don't know either. In the of that movie, but he—I mean—he has a beautiful voice, and I would say, you know, he's—he's he's, he's charming, Char- great dancer, great performer. He is. He's—he's he's very charming. Uh, yeah. Old movie man. Um, he's great. Old movie man. Yeah. Like I wrote somewhere. Where is it? I the again not to like harp on all of the the dance scenes, but there's like this when he falls in love with the girl from Brigadoon and they go dancing in the Heather. Um, I was like, this, I, this feels more, it's, you know, it's an, it's an older movie. So there were all these things you couldn't do on screen. Right. And, and a lot of it, like now it's like, we're so used to like HBO boobies everywhere that like, whatever. But back then that would not, (laughs) but back then that would not have been, uh, okay. And then you're watching this dance scene. I'm like, this feels so intimate. Like that, like it feels, it felt way more like, should I be watching this? Mm -hmm. than like almost any HBO boobs that I've seen, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm not, and I'm not someone who's like a delicate flower. Like I can handle boobs, you guys. (laughs) Yikes. Um, (laughs) Um, but yeah, the dancing is great. The Gene Kelly's great. The, the, um, I, there's this insane sequence at the end, that Harry Beaton song. Oh my God. Which is like where there, there's a guy who interrupts a wedding and then he tries to like, essentially 
he tries to like he like assaults this woman on the dance floor. Yeah. And, and then tries to escape, but if he escapes, the town of Brigadoon is going to vanish forever. Right. If so anybody the entire, leaves the town. Right. So the entire town is hunting him, and it's this it's this musical sequence where they're hunting him. This guy named Harry Beaton. And it is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like, yeah. just the the song is so weird. They go from the wedding, where everyone is, like, ve- dressed very, like, the wedding Scottish formal. Right, Scottish formal. And then we cut to them chasing this man through the woods with, like, pitchforks and scythes and right. torches. Half of them have lost their shirts for right. some reason. They're not wearing shirts. <laughs> the, 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 it, they... They're not. They're not like. They're supposed to be chasing him through the woods, but they're Mm -hmm. actually chasing him through like a small section of soundstage. So he just keeps like turning (laughs) around, yeah, and then like climbing up a rock, and then they like fall over on their way to get him and stuff. (laughs) It's like them inventing ways to not catch him for a while, and just the song is crazy. I just cannot emphasize enough. It's insane. It's really weird. So I'm in that way, I was like glad to see it. I was glad to, like, there's, you know, that song, it's almost like being in love is beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's like lots of stuff to recommend it, and I was not bored while we were watching it. Um, you know, I feel like there's some, like if we watched, I think we have, we'll get to it mm-hmm. on this podcast, because we have like a Rodgers and Hammerstein box set. We do. From like 20 years ago. Yeah. That has like State Fair and all these things in it. So I feel like there's some of those that are going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like this was tough to watch. I felt, I felt like it was crazy enough yeah. that it was interesting. I wish it had been like directed with a little more flair. Yeah. Or something. Because it felt very just like, here is Brigadoon as you would see it on the New York stage. Which I guess at the time was maybe novel for a lot of people and mm-hmm. probably still would be, but like it's, you know, it's, uh, it was not, it was, I just wish it had a little more to it. And then <laughs> the movie, they leave Brigadoon in the end mm-hmm. and they come and they come back to New York city. And that sequence is crazy. It's insane. Cause where, it's, cause it's very clearly like, it's very heavy handedly trying to do a thing where it's like, New York is terrible. Yeah. New York. <laughs> Who could survive here? Yeah. Like, they're in this restaurant that's crowded. Everyone's sweaty. And like, smoking. Right. And, and it's the so scene loud. is so loud. And yeah. It, but it, it's such a contrast with the rest. And it's like, I mean, it's because it's from a stage musical. It's all, it's, there's one long scene that represents all of New York. Mm-hmm. And it's in a crowded restaurant. Yeah. And that is what New York is. <laughs> and then they're back to Brigadoon. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I guess. Spoiler alert. The accents were very crazy. Oh my god, the accents were so bad. Yeah, some of them were like, like people would just go in and out of these Scottish accents. Yeah, like it sometimes sounded like they were doing like bad, like Hispanic kind of accents. Yeah, it was very strange. Bad. It It was weird. I have a note here that just says "witches" in all caps (laughs) because yeah of a plot point in the musical where it's like. The reason they there there's a whole scene where it's just four people sitting and explaining what's going on in Brigadoon. Yeah. And we're oh, like so towards long. the end of it. Right. And that's one of those scenes where it's just a wide shot. Yeah. 
and you see the the other three characters are just sitting there and like clearly the direction for Sid Charisse was like just stare off into the middle distance yeah, and right. like it's just insane back in the time when Brigadoon was supposed to be there were witches right and in order to save the town from the witches the minister went out of town and asked God to save them. So now the town disappears. So then the t- town disappears when they go to sleep. Uh, uh, the town disappears. And when they wake up, it's a hundred years later. Right. So but also, only- oh, but also it's only been 200 years. So they're only on day two of processing this. And right. they like have it all figured out. Yeah. The people of Brigadoon have been going through this for two days. Right. But they're never like, wait, what, what? happened? Yeah. What the fuck? It's 200 years later? Yeah. It's all about Gene Kelly and Van Johnson being like, hey, Something's this is going on this here. This is like, they got it figured out here. Also, <laughs> what does that get you that you just exist outside of time? I don't... Right. I'm, like, I, it's like... It doesn't make any sense. It's, yeah. It's like, it's like a pre... Uh, it it doesn't then, make any sense. Well, I wrote like, down, oh. uh, related to your thing about the witches, I wrote down a note that just says, the rules are dicey. <laughs> so The rules are dicey. Yeah, no, and then I was just going to say that, that you know, the, the whole premise of this thing is really deeply rooted in religion. Like, there's a lot of, of religious stuff going on in this uh, musical. and But then they get to the wedding scene, and because the minister... Like, the whole part of the story of, of how it came to be, it was the minister stepped outside of the town because he knew there would have to be a sacrifice in order for God to grant them this crazy miracle. Yeah. So, like, oh, the minister disappeared. They keep saying he disappeared, even though, like, they clearly mean he's dead. Yeah, he just died um, in, in normal time. Right. Um, but, uh, but so, yeah, so everything about this show is so deeply rooted in religion and they get to the wedding and it's like, well, we don't have a minister, but that's okay. You can just say that you love each other and then yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Very weird. This, this musical is insane. And I, I wonder, I wonder how uh, different it is on stage because there's, there have to be differences, but also I feel like because of when it was made and stuff, it's probably pretty close to. Well, yeah. I mean, like... Uh, what they it was. just set up a fucking camera. Like. <laughs> they just set up a camera. Like. Um, so okay, so we've talked about both the movies. Yes. Now, let's go down the, the list here. Are they available on streaming services? I don't think. I mean, you can rent either one of them, but I right. don't think either one of them are available on any of the subscription screen streaming services. Right. So in that way, they both are good to have physical copies. of. <laughs> Have we watched them since we bought them? We definitely have not watched Brigadoon. No. We, this was the first time we had watched Brigadoon. Yes. I'm pretty sure we watched Looper, but I, I think, have you watched Looper since we bought it? Yeah, I think so. I think we had watched Looper. Okay. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right. Um, anything on the discs themselves that like recommend them that are crazy, like any special features or anything? I don't think... I don't think there's anything insane on no. either one of them. Like nothing super Brigadoon had some had some like... Uh, deleted scene songs, and yes. stuff, which is good. It's nice. Sure, fine. <laughs> um, it's nice. Brigadoon is certainly the more sentimental of the two, as yes. you said. Yes. Um, it was a gift. Yes. Uh, and you know, it's kind of part stems from a bit. But I do feel like it's very clear. I think I think it's pretty clear which one is. Yeah. So is. Uh, not leaving now in in the the, the cage. 
Does sure. the winning disc stay in the cage or does the winning disc leave the cage? The winning disc leaves the cage because the winning disc is still alive because it's a death match. So Brigadoon, I feel we're saying... Is dead. Has been killed dead. And will be carted away. By Looper. <laughs> and will be carted... Its bo- dead body will be carted away. Carted away. And donated to a nice home. All right. All um, right. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Brigadoon. <laughs> we see you. Yeah. We thank you for your service. Unfortunately. But... And, it, you know, it, it brings me no joy to say that because... Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> You were like, yeah, where are you going? Where are we going? (laughs) Where are we going? All right. So that one was, that one felt pretty easy. I don't, I don't know if they're always going to be that easy. Um, It did. Well, you know, it doesn't, it's not like, uh, I don't, it was not, what, never mind. Sorry. Never mind. (laughs) What were you going to say? I was going to say, you know, there's definitely having a pang in giving up. Or Brigadoon DVD. Well, it's hard to let go of things. That's the whole point of this podcast. It's <laughs> the entire point of what we're doing here. Oh, man. Uh, we want to say we're obviously just getting started here. There will be uh, a website and some social media and things like that. And uh, if you like this, you should go and follow us. And I don't know, say hi, send us an email. All right. So for next week's podcast, let's go ahead I'm and pull up the spreadsheet. Please which pull exists. up the spreadsheet, and I will. We will randomize let's our numbers. See. Here we go. Ready? I'm ready. Hey Siri. Uh huh. Pick a number between one and one thousand three hundred thirteen. A random number between one and one thousand three hundred thirteen is seven hundred five. Seven hundred five. Seven hundred five is the movie La Chienne. La Chienne, wow. From, I've never seen that. From 1931, directed by Jean Renoir. Wow. I have not seen it in many years. Okay. Okay. That means dog? It means the bitch. Oh, great. <laughs> okay, I can't wait for that. And so let's see what uh, La Chienne is going up against. Hey, Siri. Hmm? Pick a number between 1 and 1,313. A random number between 1 and 1,313 is 232. Let's What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Oh, no. What is it? You're not going to believe this. Oh, no. What? Camp. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. This really, like, you could not find two movies that more exemplify you and me 15 years ago. Right? Of like when we got together. Right. Like maybe not necessarily now, but like... Yeah. Like you definitely bought La Chienne and I definitely bought Camp. Yeah. And they they are together from the merging of the DVDs. Yeah. Oh like, God. And this is like a real like film school mic and theater school theater Liza. School Liza. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, that's going to be a great episode two. So uh, come back next week and we'll see what happens. And we'll see if our, uh, if we survive. If our marriage survives. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that and then I was like, don't say that. Say that. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, come back next week and see, see who, who survives. survives. DVD Deathmatch. Death <laughs>
Um, We're also proud to be sponsored by Stamps.com. We are not sponsored (laughs) by Stamps.com. We're not sponsored by anyone. But hey, if you want us to read some copy, hit us up, man. We will take it. Great. (laughs) Um, Great.